You're listening to the iterators of the Imperium. Hi, I'm Mess, and I'm here with my lovely co-host Ryan, and you're listening to Season 4 of the Iterators of the Imperium podcast, the podcast in which Ryan is the expert on Warhammer 40k, and I and the noob trying to learn about the Warhammer universe. And uh, yeah, let's get straight into it, Ryan. You have a, a word for me, right? Are you trying to cheat, Mess? I'm not trying to okay just quick <laughs> explanations is in is in order uh brian yeah. and i have tried to record this episode before uh, we had some connection issues which meant like 10 minutes in the record into the recording we had to like end it there uh I, i'm i'm not just spoiling then we're talking about the blood angels right no we're that not was... wait you you told me that was the word right no dark angels sorry what did i say blood angels Ah, uh, you're just obsessed yes. with saying Gwyneth, my dude. Uh, I, I can't deny that. Confirm or yeah. deny. <laughs> but the Dark Angels were, was what I meant to say. I, yeah, yeah. I remember. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was just yesterday or the day before that we talked about this, but still. <laughs> oh, it's been a long two days, man. This time of year, every day is a really long day. You too? I feel like yeah. that. Oh, I can relate, man. Yeah, hey. I, I don't know why. It hits like the end of December and life just becomes so stressful. Uh, hey, leave a like if this is relatable, by the way. Hey, Happy New Year's, right? Yeah, Happy Wait, New 20, Year. 2024. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah, this is going to be our first episode of 2024. And it's already had technical issues. Uh, nice. <laughs> oh, God. Right, you, you, you take the wheel, right, man? Yeah. Can we get Jesus to take the wheel? I feel like that. <laughs> a bit at this point. Uh, oh, we need help. Actually, uh, so there is something I want to, I want to mention before we get into this episode because we are going to be talking about the Dark Angels for the record, right? That is, yeah. but I do want to mention something. So the whole point of this season originally was going to be going at each of the legions individually, right? Because we did the yeah. Primarch, and now we we're going to do the legions, and then I realized that. There's better ways to do that, and it's through, like, the storytelling aspect of it. And to be able yeah. to do that, we had to, like, you know, get you up to speed to the modern-day kind of stuff so that we could just go straight through storylines for characters or certain groups or anything like that uh, without yes, you being too lost on what the hell was going on or why things were happening. Uh, so it, it changed a bit as, as we went. But it's now occurred to me that we don't need to discuss every legion in the modern day uh, to be able to do that. Because, for example, uh, the Ultramarines are not that different than they were back in the day. Like, they haven't had any, like, entire legion-altering things that have, like, events that have went on, really. Uh, obviously, loss of the Primarch is going to change any Legion, but all of them have had that, except for a couple of the Chaos ones, I guess. Um, but yeah, like for example, there are a couple of them, like the Ultramarines, which are pretty recognisable from 30k to 40k, whereas like if you looked at the Thousand Suns in 30k, whereas to now, you're like, the hell happened to them? You know? So, because there's such a big difference between them, since like now there's only like 
3% of the original guys are still alive and the rest of them are like automatons and <laughs> suits and stuff like that. Uh, yeah, so just the, the point I'm trying to get at here is that uh, we may not end up looking at every single Legion in this season before we end up moving on to, uh, to kind of modern day stuff. Yeah. Just thought, just thought I'd, I'd let you know. Because uh, we we are we are you know getting through this season a bit. We are. What, what episode is this at this point? Thirteen, I think. Twelve. Oh, bro, we have long seasons, by the way. <laughs> I know, right? Uh, it's good though. It's <laughs> fine. Like five months they... at a time. <laughs> I think the listeners though and the viewers, because we are both live on you know Spotify and YouTube and well everywhere pretty much at this point where you can listen to podcasts. We're not uh, live uh, anywhere, uh, for the record. Oh, sorry. We don't do that live. I want to make that clear. You, we could do a special episode at some I point. I feel like we way. should at some point, yeah. I feel like that'd oh, be cool. And we could have, like, callers, you know, like old radio shows. <laughs> <laughs> and I can, I can have my stream deck, like, with sound effects for whenever people come in, you know? Womp, womp, womp. That would be a good uh, idea. It's not a bad idea, actually. Not at all. Oh, but we're so ado, far away. I know. Oh, yeah, sorry, I, I was about to say we're so far away from the episode right now. Yeah, we are. Yeah, we're so far off track. So I'm going to try and drag us back to it, kicking and screaming. We're yes, going to talk about the Dark Angels. This is their uh, Legion banner, which is quite cool, actually. Uh, so what do you remember about the Dark Angels? Anything in particular? Because we we didn't really talk about the Dark Angels. We more talked about Lionel Johnson. So. What you would know about the Dark Angels is probably fairly limited. Uh, I mean, I remember some of the trials to become one was pretty rough. Yeah. Uh, uh, so these we guys were about like that last time. Yeah, these guys were like old school, like medieval knights. That was like their yeah. way of living, and it, I, I'm pretty sure you talked about it being like a Attack on Titan on their home world because they just yeah. had these little like walled in cities among the forest. And the forest was just full of monsters. <laughs> so the only people who could go out were like the knights. <laughs> I mean, that is Attack on Titan. It's just the it scouts. Ends, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I... uh, yeah, so it's quite uh, old school medieval knight style. Um, and when you got to the kind of like the deeper parts of it, of their legion, it looked quite uh, secret society-ish. You know, like Knights Templar style. Secret society, like Da Vinci Code shit. It got, it got quite like that, quite secretive and creepy and weird rituals and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay, so we are going to talk about them today because they have changed a lot from who they were during the 30th millennia to who they are now. There is, they're nigh on unrecognizable uh, yeah. in, in the change they've made. Uh so we're going to discuss a few of the kind of the differences and why they exist between 30k and 40k for the Dark Angels. Uh, yeah. I believe I have some... Yeah, so this is like what a Dark Angel looks like. This is their kind of... Their uniform, their armor and stuff. Which is quite cool. Yeah. I like I like the robe over armor. That's that's always been quite a cool thing to me. It's... Although it, it's... Yeah. Uh, yeah, you go on, you go on. I was going to say, it really does scream Knights Templar style shit to me. I mean, it just... 
looks very Warhammer-ish, if that makes sense, with a rope, yeah. kind of like Ryan's outfit right now, by the way. I just want to plug that real quick. <laughs> <laughs> For the people who uh, watch this Ryan right now, he, uh, you know, tell, tell them about your rope, Ryan. Oh, no, uh, it's just cold as shit in my house, and my girlfriend got me an ultramarine <laughs> robe, so I'm just wearing that to keep myself warm. <laughs> It's on Fine, brand. You, you could just say it's because it's stylish, but yeah, he's no, no, I'm definitely not stylish. <laughs> I can I, rock I a kilt good. though. Oh, you can. I've seen pictures, by the way. You have. Hey, people, contact me in private if you want. Okay. Whoa, whoa, not those pictures. Uh, I think I have a couple more pictures of the Dark Angels. Yeah, like that's just cool yeah. as shit, isn't it? That's yeah. kind of nice. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. You go. There's one more. Kind of similar to the first one. So yeah, these, yeah, this is what they kind of look like in the modern day. So, there's a weird thing with these guys, right? It's a lot of the legions that have changed massively have either had change forced upon them or or it's been some kind of major accident. And these guys are kind of closer to the accident style, right? Because it's yeah. like one simple misunderstanding wrote their future in stone for the next, like, ten millennia. And it was not a bright future, I might add. It rarely is in 40k. I mean, I've said this before, 40k, if you want to sum it down, it's just tales of survival. It really is, yeah. Uh, so, they, like, this Legion went from being, like, the perfect example of what Space Marines were supposed to be back in, like, the 30th millennia, to, like, this secretive society chasing down shadows through the darkest parts of the galaxy in the modern day. Yeah. It's, it's a very big change. Uh, also, for the record, they tend to kill, like, innocent people quite a lot because they have learned, like, secrets about these guys. So, yeah. it's, it's, uh, it's not an honourable place to be for, like, a legion based off of like medieval knights you know <laughs> they've really ended up on like the wrong side of their own history <laughs> yeah you kind of want to tend to not do that you know <laughs> <laughs> yeah so like we're, we're gonna get in there properly but personally i feel that the black uh, the the dark angels fall dark from angels. grace is one of, like, the greatest kind of, like, failings in 40k. The greatest fail. <laughs> yeah, honestly, yeah. It's it's ridiculous how much they have fallen. So, yeah. to make something clear, right, uh, have I ever mentioned to you the uncrowned princes? That doesn't ring a bell now. So I, I might not. I might never have mentioned this, right? So this is like a theme that pops up a couple of times. It's so in the modern day it has popped up with the Primaris being introduced because the Primaris Marines didn't immediately get sent to the Legion they belonged to. They were briefly one big army of a mixed troop, right? So you had Space Wolves, Ultramarine, uh, White Scars, whatever, all fighting alongside each other as one big army of Primaris before they were gradually doled out to their own individual legions to bolster their numbers. And at this point, they were referred to as the Unnumbered Sons. 
right? This was mm-hmm. Gilliman's way of handling it, right? To, like, get them into the field, make them useful, kick off his crusade with this, like, fresh army of tank-ass Primaris marines. But it's kind of a mimicry of what the Emperor did, in a way. Uh, and the names actually sound familiar as well. Like, they sound similar as well. Um, because when the first Space Marines were made, they they were made in order, by the way. The Legions were built in order. So the first ones that were made were Dark Angels. Right? They were made based off of Lionel Johnson. But... yeah. At the same time that the Primarchs all got scattered across the galaxy, uh, there was also a coup taking place in the Imperial Palace. An army with Thunder Warrior Primarchs and, like, a bunch of disgruntled humans attacked the palace. And the leader of the Custodes had to, like, swagger out in a blizzard to fight them. (laughs) And that's the first time that the Space Marines, as they would come to be ever set foot on a battlefield because the uncrowned princes, as they were called at the time, because the legions didn't have names yet because there were so few of them, they, as like prototypes of the first actual space marines, marched out into the snow with them and fought back that rebellion. But those that survived, which is obviously the vast majority of these like original space marines, just went mm. on to become part of the Dark Angels Legion when they went out into the galaxy to start the crusade. So yeah. these guys are the first ever Space Marines. They are literally the example of what a Space Marine is supposed to be. You know? The exemplars of the host. Which I, I love yeah. that title. I got that from back in the Blood <laughs> Angels one. I've just kept saying it. It's an amazing title. Uh, so... Yeah, originally there was a, uh, an amount of them, I don't know how many exactly, were referred to as the Uncrowned Princes until there was enough that they became a legion and were eventually titled the Angels of Death. And then once Lionel Johnson got involved, he retitled them as the Dark Angels. Yeah. Yeah. So that's where this this legion comes from. That's like their beginnings, right? That's a really honorable, really strong start. You, know, you can believe in that. That's that's cool, right? They've done well. And the other side to that is that because they were the first legion, they also were like the first ones to kick off the Great Crusade for the Emperor. They were out in the galaxy conquering planets before the other legions went out into the galaxy as well. And they had like yeah. a fair bit of time that was just them doing it. So, basically, according to the Dark Angels themselves, they, like, perfected every strategy that the other legions claim to be the best at. So, uh, for example, Horus's legion used this tactic called the Spear Tip, where you would have, like, a vanguard fighting force punch through the enemy's defences and then the army would fight out from there. But obviously they keep driving deeper and deeper like a spear tip. So it breaks up the enemy lines and totally messes with our cohesion. Yeah. Horus was famous for this. Right? This this is like his legion was famous among all the other legions for this. The Dark Angels invented that strategy. <laughs> but Horus is just mimicking Dark Angels stuff. Uh, anything yeah. any legion claims that they are the best at, the Dark Angels did it first. Oh, God. 
It's like yeah. Simpsons. Yeah, kinda, yeah. What's up? What's up? <laughs> uh what what is that saying? Um Jack of all trades, uh, but master of none, but still better than a master of one, right? It, the whole point of that is that every other legion might have picked one thing and specialised at it, like building defences or tearing down defences or punching yeah. through enemy armies or whatever, right? Or, like, you know, shock troop kind of attacks, whatever, right? Either way, though, that might be the one thing that legion is amazing at, but the Dark Angels are good at all of it. They invented this shit. Hey, they, they, you know, they, they did it first. That's Ooh. exactly it. They did all of it first. Yeah. Very appropriate. Yeah. So I, I just wanted to explain that to give you an idea of what the Dark Angels are like, what they were like, right? For the record, though, they did not get credit for any of this or, like, respect for any of this. Because it was always said that Horus was the greatest warrior of all the Primarchs. Well, yeah. I believe there's a point where someone uh, says, except for possibly Mortarian, and I'm like, since since when? <laughs> like, the lion would obviously be the first contender if you're like, ah, I think this guy's the toughest. Like, the next person in line is always going to be, ah, but the lion could probably take him. <laughs> Maybe not nowadays, because he's an old man, but like, in his prime, in the, the lion yeah, would have had his way with any of them. <laughs> Lionel Johnson. Yeah. The man himself. Yeah. But it's one of those things. Their past, all the things they did, the fact that this is the case, that they did, you know, found all of these strategies, it's kind of lost to history because, like I said, every Legion believes that they invented what they do best. And in reality, they didn't, right? It's all been yeah. passed on. But they all think that they invented it, that their chapter, their Legion or chapter or whatever, you know, it all comes just from them. They're just that great. They, and none of them realize that it's all Dark Angels, you know, paved this way for us. Yeah. So I think it's pretty fair to say that they were in equal measures the Angels of Death and very much uncrowned princes because they got no respect for what they did, but they were fucking good at it. So their names are very, very suited, but eventually they became the Dark Angels. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So... Obviously, back in the day, they were incredibly heroic, incredibly skilled warriors that had this, like, kind of knight aesthetic about them, you know, old-school order and knight style. That, obviously, is not the case anymore because of a few major events. So, obviously, like with any of the, these legions, the changes start at the end of the heresy because the heresy is, like, the, the tying-off point the, the, for the most of this. Thing, yeah. 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 It, it led to the galaxy being the way it is now. So a lot of the changes start right during or at the end of the heresy. Uh, so for all the Chaos Legions, it's usually when their Primarch turns. Whereas for a lot of the Loyalist ones, it was actually like stuff that happened right at the end of the heresy. Uh, or in the case of the Iron Hands, their Primarch getting beheaded. <laughs> Which was kind of right at the start, to be fair. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, do you remember how the heresy ends for these guys? Because we did talk about it in the Lionel Johnson episode. I think it was the first episode of, the, of season three, so I, I'm not surprised if you don't have the details that, to mind. I'm very quiet. You are. <laughs> uh, because I'm... 
you you're talking about the end of the heresy, right? When um, I don't know. Do I? <laughs> the, because the the thing is, right? Especially with me, right? Because I'm I'm the noob. I get stuff confused and mixed for like one thing is the other. Yeah. And I can't remember if they slayed or if they got slain. You know. That kind of... <laughs> okay, I'll I'll give you a little a little brief rundown of like what happened. So at the end of the heresy, or towards the end of the heresy, I should say, right? There was a bit of a a breakdown within the Dark Angels Legion. So one of the things with the Dark Angels is uh, the Lion had like a best friend, a mentor, who he brought into the Legion with him when the legions found him and were formed uh, based yeah. on their homeworld, Caliban. And this was Luther. And Luther became the lion's second in command. And he was always second in command. But towards the end of the heresy, there was a bit of a breakdown among the legion. So uh, the lion left like 10,000 troops on Caliban to defend it, to defend their homeworld, and left Luther to be in charge of them. Yeah. Uh, and then... Yeah. After the whole end of the heresy thing, the lion returns to Caliban. But once his ship gets into orbit, the planet's defenses start firing on them. So yeah. the lion starts firing back, think now thinking, I've left 10,000 troops here and Luther, and they've turned traitor. Fuck these guys. So he goes down to the planet and starts running through his own fortress, gutting his like his own troops and kicking ass, until he eventually finds Luther. And they get into this big epic battle because Luther has actually been taken over by chaos. Yeah. And through a combination of the planetary bombardment from the Lion's fleet and uh, the chaos gods getting pissed off when uh, when Luther gets like mortally wounded, the planet is destroyed, and uh, with a I think it, it, like the last thing that like actually destroys it is a warp storm from the angry chaos gods for Luther's failure to kill the lion. Mm -hmm. uh, and the troops that are on the planet at the time are cast through space and time. So they just start popping up randomly across the galaxy over the next God knows how many years. So that is kind of the lion side of it. Uh, the whole thing ends with as far as, as far as anyone really knows, Luther dies and the lion disappears. His body is just gone. But the other side of it is uh, Luther has turned traitor while the lion's been away, and so have a bunch of the marines that were there. But not all of them had turned traitor. So when the lion gets into orbit, they start attacking, and then the lion goes down to the planet and starts kicking ass. But you've got to remember that a lot of the marines were traitors and were firing on their dad, trying to kill him, but the rest of them joined in because all they saw was their dad kicking down the door and then gutting all their friends. Think So all the Marines that were on the planet now thought, shit, lions turned traitor. So even if they weren't traitors themselves, they were fighting in defense of themselves thinking that their Primarch had turned evil. So yeah. they essentially, like, there was a misunderstanding in the situation and signed their own death warrant as traitors, even though they weren't. <laughs> Uh, and for the final details of it, uh, Luther didn't actually die. Uh, he was captured after being mortally wounded, and the lion didn't actually disappear. 
he kind of fell into like a coma because of his injuries and the watchers in the dark these little jawa looking dudes just dragged him away to like the deepest part of their fortress and he's just been locked in there forever lovely yeah <laughs> oh, something <laughs> yeah so that's the the gist of uh, how the heresy ends for these guys right as a quick rundown yeah so the the scattered remains of that like 10,000 troops that were on the planet when they got like cashed through the galaxy are referred to as the fallen right because they're, they're yeah. meant to be fallen angels because they've turned traitor and obviously not all of them are traitors some of them are some of them are total twats but some of them are good guys interestingly there's one of them is actually one of the uncrowned princes from way back at like the unification wars and the lion after reawakening has met him which is quite cool so that guy is technically like the oldest living thing in the galaxy other than possibly a uh, the emperor and i don't know if he's really alive anymore can you call it living nobody knows no no <laughs> yeah. like half i guess <laughs> yeah so, uh, yeah, because this one space marine has been alive since, like, when the Emperor was first taken over Terra, he might be the oldest living human. Which is quite cool. Yeah. Although, saying that, he did get cast through time, so I don't know if you deduct that time, or... I don't know what the rules uh, are. Uh, who knows uh, at this point? Uh, you know what? You know what? I'll ask my missus, right? She, she's the physicist. <laughs> She'll probably know. <laughs> If anyone can decide, it's her or a philosopher. I don't know which. <laughs> but it's close. <laughs> it's, it's in there somewhere. It's, one of them will handle it for me. I'll, I'll ask her. <laughs> if she doesn't know, I'll ask a philosopher. Someone will figure it out. Yeah. Yeah. So, the Fallen are a huge part of why the Dark Angels change to the way they are. So, uh, there is a, a title given to the Dark Angels, because they're a chapter now, and... Uh, their like successor chapters, so all the ones that came out of the original Legion, they are yeah. titled as the Unforgiven. So the reason for this is that they all believe that they carry the sins of their Legion with them forever. Uh, it actually yeah. stems from the first chapter master of the Dark Angels, who made this big speech about how they won't forgive themselves until the last of the fallen have been hunted down and brought to justice. Yeah. So they've now been titled as the Unforgiven, uh, purely because they won't forgive themselves for the fact that a small percentage of the Legion turned traitor. Because you've got to remember that the the Dark Angels that moved on from that point, that, like, didn't get scattered across the galaxy at Caliban or die in battle or anything there, they all were under the same impression that the Lion was, which is that the 10,000 troops on the planet had all turned traitor. So every fallen Marine that is ever found is treated as a traitor. Like, not one of them ever gets a fair say. They just get hunted down by their brothers and killed. Yeah. Which is horrendous, but both sides think it's bad for different reasons. <laughs> so there's still this like this misunderstanding. <laughs> obviously, some of them are just traitors and they do deserve to get gunned down because yeah, obviously. <laughs> because heresy. <laughs> Heretic. <laughs> yeah. 
So the Legion, or sorry, the chapter, I guess, or chapters, as they exist now, kind of only exist for two reasons. Uh, the first is to hunt down the fallen, and the second is to uh, bury the secrets of their past so that no one can know that at one time some of them did turn traitor. It's, it's kind of yeah. like that, um, what's the, the saying? Uh, make God bleed and people will stop believing in him, right? As soon as you show weakness in something, it loses its like inspirational power, right? Yeah. So if... it if, say, the general populace were aware that the Dark Angels at one point had had heretics in their, like, in their numbers, the people wouldn't believe that they were who, who they claim they are, you know? They would be in doubt, and that would kind of ruin the Dark Angels' like ability to do what they're supposed to do. So, there's that. I think the reality of the situation is that the Unforgiven can only actually be forgiven by the Lion. So I think it's going to be part of the Lion's return is going to be convincing his sons that they didn't do anything wrong. Even if part of them, like part of the Legion at one time did turn traitor, that's not a sin that you should bear. You know what I mean? I think that's going to be where that storyline goes. But at the moment, it's like the biggest part of who they are. They just do everything they can to hide the secrets of their past. Yeah. Yeah. But the, so, that story will be remain to be told. Exactly, yeah. It's 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 in the process at the moment. We're currently getting modern day lion books. So yeah. 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 And we will keep you updated. Exactly. You're damn right we will. So as it stands, the only people that actually know the truth about like who the fallen really are and stuff like that is uh, are like the highest ranking members of the chapter. Uh, so the deeper, the higher ranking, the higher ranks you get, the deeper into the secrets you get. You get more access to the secrets of the legion. So only like the highest ranking members, like the current Grand Master of the Dark Angels, knows about like the destruction of their home world what happened to luther what happened to the lion who the fallen really are all this kind of stuff all the rest yeah. of them just think that the fallen are like a particular brand of heretic they want to kill they don't even know that they're hunting down their own brothers like it's, just sad. it's secrets upon secrets like it's never ending with these fucking guys nowadays they've went full-on insane like secret society <laughs> It's basically a yeah. cult at this point. <laughs> I feel like one day an Inquisitor was going to look at these guys and go, these guys sound like heretics. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on, wait a minute. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so as I mentioned, this this whole thing of like the Unforgiven stems from their first chapter master, Fareth Redloss. So when he was proclaimed chapter master, he... Uh, Oh, sorry, when he was titled Chapter Master, he proclaimed that the Sons of the Lion couldn't be redeemed uh, of their sins until the last of the Fallen were hunted down. And it's just never... They've never got past it. I don't know if they've got, like... I don't know how they keep track of how many they've found. Cause, like, oh, they don't. They just use it yeah. as an excuse. Probably, yeah. <laughs> it's either that, or they painstakingly keep track of it. It's one or the other. They either don't <laughs> do it at other. all, or it's all they do. 
very systematically or nothing at all <laughs> yeah it's, it's definitely one or the other and i don't know which if anyone knows let me know i actually could fully imagine them like carving the names of the fallen they've killed into <laughs> a big wall somewhere <laughs> I, I could see that that, that sounds like though. something they would do it'd be cool yeah. right <laughs> okay so there is an, another part to the dark angels that i wanted to mention right because they're not just they're not just doing a secrety, murdery stuff about their own brothers or anything like that. Uh, they also have like a special hierarchy in their legion because you know why not? So I thought we'd mention this because it's quite cool. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know if you'll remember what the hexagramaton was, but we mentioned it back at the start of the lion episode. Essentially, a uh, you got to remember that the Legion existed before they found the Lion on Caliban. So the Legion had its own hierarchy and strategy system and way of doing things. But the Lion's, like, knightly order on the homeworld had its own way of doing things. And they kind of got combined once the Lion came back to the Legion. Or, or was found by the Legion in the first place, I should say. And this is where the Hexagrammaton comes in. It's part of this organizational structure they ended up with. And... It's entirely fallen away. It's no longer used, except for two parts that have stuck around, which are, uh, I'll show you here, the Death Wing and the Raven Wing. These are their two logos, which are quite cool. Yeah. Yeah. So these were originally two parts of the Hexagrammaton, and now they're the only two remaining parts of it. Because I believe the reason is primarily that you couldn't really use that organizational structure with a chapter that was codex compliant there was too few troops i believe yeah uh so as it stands for the record the dark angels and all their successors are codex compliant they follow the rules about how you're allowed to have a chapter of space marines set up and stuff like that but these two parts exist outside of that structure. They are not technically part of the like the correct hierarchy or structure, right? So the way it works is that the he uh, sorry the Deathwing, which is the one on the left there, is uh, like their first company, right? The best of the best, and the yeah. Ravenwing is their second company, which are basically nigh on the best but they specialize in like a particular type of attack a particular yeah. type of warfare that's the idea so it allows them to have like an elite army that can focus on particular tasks outside of the typical chapter stuff so the dark angels chapter can be going around doing actual chapter business and these guys can still be prosecuting specialized campaigns you might say against, for example, the Fallen without drawing the attention of the Inquisitors or anyone else like that or any other chapters or anything. Because if anyone looks, the Dark Angels chapter is a way of doing what it's supposed to be doing. It just so happens there's these guys running around following the chapter's, like, secret business at the same time. Yeah. That's that's the idea. Uh, so we'll talk a little bit about the, the Deathwing first. Uh... So for this is what Deathwing troops look like. Oh, see this little the little tiny green guy holding the giant sword on the far right. Yeah, that is one of the Watchers in the dark. Those are the little Jawa motherfuckers that dragged the lion's body away. <laughs> <laughs> 
they just they just live on Caliban and they just help the Order and then moved on to helping the Dark Angels. But they're just like little secret mutant things. And I don't think anyone really knows what they are properly. But they're like three feet tall and they're such a cool concept. <laughs> it's just funny. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. yeah. This is what Deathwing troops typically look like. So... The special thing about Deathwing troops is not only that they are considered the best of the best, right? To get promoted into the Deathwing, you have to be, like, of startling skill, right? And another thing, interestingly, they also all only wear Terminator armor. So these guys are all, like, walking tanks. So that's why they're all so bloody big and why their shoulders are so gigantic. Because they're all just in tanked-out Terminator armor. Which is cool. Every single one of them wears this shit. So, if the Deathwing come for you, you sure as hell better have a nuke ready. Because nothing short of it's going to take them down. <laughs> like, that is just a fact. These guys are armored to the teeth. Probably beyond that, actually, to be honest with you. Like, absolute behemoths is what they are. And you got to remember, just... they're also... Hmm? It's just it is just Warhammer, so it is, yeah. But beyond being incredibly well armored and well equipped, they're also just the best soldiers this this legion has to offer. So if they come for you, you're probably gonna die. Is the reality of it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah, gonna think, be a bad day regardless. I think I have another picture of these guys. Oh, I have the organizational structure, but I don't think we really care about that. <laughs> I don't know why I organize <laughs> this. Oh yeah, this is the Deathwing's banner. Okay, yeah. Which is quite cool. It uh, looks like a like a rock concert poster. It kind of does, a... yeah. 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 <laughs> so, we're going to talk about... I'll, I'll mention, this is what the Raven Wing look like, <laughs> by the way. Oh, right? yeah. So, the Raven Wing are, like, a specialized force for, like, fast attacks. So, a lot of the time, they use bikes. Keeping the rock and roll theme, huh? Yeah, they, they really do. But these guys just ride around the battlefield, gunning down enemy troops left, right, and center at, like, the speed of light, basically. Just flying around on jet bikes, murdering people. <laughs> so, you need something killed fast. These are the guys you call. <laughs> we are gonna call. <laughs> <laughs> so, by the way, these guys actually... Uh, if you remember, obviously, like I said, uh, the, they were originally part of this, like, hexagrammaton thing, which came from back in the old days of Caliban. So, they were originally based off of a mounted cavalry, which is mm -hmm. why they use bikes so often. Because yeah. they literally took, like, a bunch of guys from Caliban who were used to riding horses into combat and doing fast attacks, turned them into space marines, and then went, well, we don't have, like, space horses or anything. But we do have jet bikes. <laughs> you're like, that'll do. <laughs> so that's why the Ravenwing do this, because originally they were mounted cavalry troops. <laughs> so to this day, they all just use jet bikes and just murder stuff really quickly. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. of the two, of the, like, the, the Ravenwing and the Deathwing, the Deathwing being the first company is the most respected of the two, right? So to become a member of the Deathwing, like I said, you have to be the best of the best. I think you also have to be, like, put through a trial by, like, the head of the Librarius. 
Yeah. Uh, and then he has to, like, give the okay for you to join, because, like, he judges whether or not you're good enough. Yes, the Grand Master of the Librarius has to, has to be like, yeah, okay, he's good enough. He, he can be part of it. He can join the team. <laughs> but the, I think primarily the reason for that is, like, the, it's the Librarius that has to do it, because they're the Psychers, obviously, is uh, because by joining the Deathwing, you are moving up ranks, and you are now in a place to join, like, the elite society of this chapter, of this Legion, and start to learn their secrets. So you have yeah. to be vetted beyond just skill to do this. So it's it's a big deal for these guys. This is where you get into all the secret society stuff within the Legion. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, to become a member of the Deathwing, you have to be, like, you know, best of the best, and there has to be a spot available. You then get promoted after being judged by the Grand Master of the Librarius, and then once you are a member you will be given access to some of the chapter secrets. Not all of them. No, By some. no means do you get you get a small sliver <laughs> of secret. Uh, you get like a pinch of secret. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> uh, uh, and then there is like one thing beyond this hierarchy wise and it's what's referred to as the inner circle. So these are the yeah. guys that are at like the top of the society that they have. Their secret society if you will. Um, to join the inner circle is a big deal, right? It's it's more of a rank thing than a skill thing because it's basically just there to give you access to or to protect the secrets of the chapter. And yeah. the higher you rise within the inner circle, the more of these like uh, rituals you have to complete and the more secrets you get access to. <laughs> it is total nonsense, but... It's very secret society and quite gothic and cool in a way, I guess. The inner circle is essentially the Legion's like greatest heroes, right? Or currently living greatest heroes. But you can't uh, you can only become a member if you have served in the Deathwing, which is quite cool. Which is an odd it's an odd detail as well, but you have to be like the best of the best to be considered to become one of this like higher ranking members in the inner circle and get the secrets, which is quite cool. Mm. Uh, yeah, it only makes sense, too. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, so, to... I'm going to be honest with you, right, the Dark Angels are basically Space Knights Templar. That's all they are. <laughs> uh, to give Just you an idea... it down real quick. Yeah. To, to give you an idea uh, of, like, who gets into the inner circle, right? Currently, the main members of the Inner Circle are the master of each of the Dark Angels uh, companies, right? So, obviously, you get, like, first company, second company, all the way to, like, 10th. So, the guy who runs each of them is currently a member of different ranks, right? Uh, and you also get the master of the Raven Wing and the master of the uh, Death Wing. Mm -hmm. Then there is the Warden of the Rock... So, uh, I don't think I mentioned this, but obviously their planet was blown up. Uh, and the remains of it are just the fortress that they had because the like, warp storm was centered around that building because that's where it's centered on Luther, basically, at the battle. That part was not entirely destroyed. So, it's just like a, spa a space marine fortress hurtling through the galaxy on a meteor now. And because it's all, like, barren and desolate, because it was, like, 
you know, stripped of all atmosphere when the planet exploded, uh, it is referred to as The Rock. And there's one guy who's set as, like, the defense commander for it. That is the Warden of The Rock. So that guy is part of the inner circle. Uh, there is the master of the interrogator chaplains, the grandmaster of the librarians, the grandmaster of the chaplains, not the interrogator ones, the normal ones, uh, and the current supreme grandmaster of the Dark Angels. These guys go hard with their titles, by the way. Supreme Grandmaster. Like, All right, no bother, Azrael. Kill it. <laughs> by the way... Very um, corporate, it sounds. Yeah. For the record, though, the current grandmaster, or supreme grandmaster of the chapter is a guy called Azrael. So, you know. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's really more of like a rank thing rather than a warrior ability. Although, because they're space marines, the two kind of go hand in hand. Uh, if you're if you're going to become like the most well-renowned person in a legion, you're probably one of the best fighters, at least. You know? Yeah. Yeah. You know what you're doing. Yeah. Uh, so, that gives you the bulk of the information you need about who they are nowadays. Very secretive, very murder the innocency, all that kind of stuff. Waste all their time hunting down fallen brothers that aren't really traitors a lot of the time. That kind of stuff. I do yeah. want to mention one more interesting thing about the Dark Angels, which I haven't told you before. Yeah. Uh, so, like I mentioned earlier, the Dark Angels were out in the galaxy doing stuff before the other legions were, right? And as such, as being the first and, you know, needing all this new equipment that the Emperor didn't know their Marines would need to deal with all these new threats, they got access to a bunch of technology that had been, like, found from the Dark Age of technology that none of the other legions got access to, and yeah. they just never shared it. So to this day, they have access to all this crazy tech that none of the other legions do. <laughs> uh, my personal favourite is a stasis grenade. A stasis which... grenade? Yeah, when it goes off, the, like, blast area of it gets held within time for up to, like, a thousand years. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Which is cool as shit. Uh, yeah. That that actually comes up weirdly. It doesn't, like... The reason I'm mentioning this, because uh, it's a good example, but it's not even an example from a Dark Angels book. It's an example from a Space Wolves book. <laughs> The, like, okay. current Space Wolves equivalent of Loki finds, like, the remnants of a stasis grenade that a Dark Angel used on a battlefield that he was on that didn't go off. It was, like, a dud, or it broke before it went off. And he takes it to, like, one of their engineers and is like, fix it. Make it work. I want this thing. <laughs> and the guy manages to get, like, get it fixed and gives it to him. And, uh... I believe he does this after this guy gets one of his hearts ripped out. So he has his... He has, oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, a Drukari rips his heart out. Um, so he has the missing heart replaced with the stasis grenade. So if he dies, it'll just go off. <laughs> this guy then ends up back on Prospero, you know, the homeworld of the Thousand Suns, and ends up face-to-face -face with Magnus... And Magnus threatens to just kill him to get what he wants, because the guy has something that Magnus wants. And the guy is like, oh, you can't do that, because then the stasis grenade in my chest will go off, and we'll both be stuck here for a thousand years. 
And Magnus is like, why would I give a shit? I'll just wait. Like, a thousand years of nothing. He's like, yeah, but then your plan might not work. You need this shit now for your plan to work. So then he manages to, like, bargain, like, again, or negotiate with a demon Primarch and win. That's that's not everybody who could do that. Nah, that's it's like point. one living space marine has done this. <laughs> and it's this guy. <laughs> So yeah, yeah, stasis grenades, man. And this is something that like Dark Angels just have access to. <laughs> but this is the kind of shit they have. Shit that no other Legion even can conceive of existing. Also, for the record, the Mechanicum would kill every single one of them if they found out they had this shit. Because it is heresy top to bottom to have this stuff. So I think that's everything I wanted to mention about the Dark Angels. I think that gets you pretty up to speed. When we talk about them, you're going to see a lot of secret society stuff, a lot of hunting their own brothers from the long distant past, a lot of people yeah. out of space and time, and a lot of like weapons you didn't know existed or could exist. Uh, so yeah, I think I think we could talk about them in the modern day without you being too surprised by what was going on in the general co concept of things, you know? Yeah. So we'd like to round us out? Sure can do. Well... Thank you guys for listening to this episode of Iterators of the Imperium. It's been me, Miss, and of course, Ryan. And uh, we will see you next time. Take care and peace. Bye.